Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. If you're loving what you're hearing on the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, go out and tell two friends today. Show them how easy it is to subscribe to the show. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast can be heard on more than 20 different platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the show. Go spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? On today's show, we're talking about inversions of all kinds. We have an interest rate inversion. That's when short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. That's the market signaling that they believe an economic downturn is upon us and that central bankers will have little choice but to lower rates when the realization of economic contraction becomes apparent. We have the oil market making very little sense. Last week, we had a spill from the Keystone Pipeline. The Keystone Pipeline brings half a million barrels per day of heavy oil from Canada to the U.S. This is essential to maintaining balance in a refinery. So a half million barrel per day drop in supply means an even larger impact to the refinery output. Inventories are near all-time lows, and a drop in supply with no forecast as to when the pipeline will be back in service could mean a lot of supply uncertainty. We're at the start of winter heating season, and against that backdrop, you would expect the oil price futures over the next 90 days to increase. But only a few hours after the announcement of the oil spill, it's as if nothing happened. The market completely discounted it. We have China appearing to be on the path to reopening the economy from their zero-COVID policy. That, too, could theoretically increase demand for oil globally, even though some of that oil is going to come from Russia. Here, too, no impact on prices. Higher interest rates have impacted returns in the stock market. It caused prices to fall in the bond market. It's devalued virtually all the debt that's been issued in the past decade. The real story is the path to improved returns relies on timing a transient condition. What investors really want to happen is for good quality investments to drop precipitously in value in the short term. And then those good quality investments, which will do well over the medium and long term, will represent an opportunity to buy in at an excellent entry point and offer outsized returns. It's really as if the market is asking for a repeat of the great financial crisis. The vultures can then swoop in and pick over the carcasses of those good quality but slightly damaged and dented assets. We're seeing the same investor sentiment in the stock market, where fund managers are being tasked to buy good quality, well-managed companies that are experiencing a short-term issue. You don't necessarily want to buy zombie companies that are literally the walking dead. For example, the likelihood that Sears, which filed again for Chapter 11 bankruptcy earlier this week, will emerge as a global force in retailing is very, very low. Those zombie companies should probably die. Some of them could be turned around with new management and a new vision. But if you took a well-managed company with a strong track record in a moment of weakness, that could represent an excellent entry point. Same is true in real estate. Imagine you got a marquee property in an amazing location for 40 cents on the dollar, maybe a 60% discount. That would represent an opportunity for outsized returns. The hope, the narrative, is that the rise in interest rates is temporary. The economy will weaken and all the central banks all over the world will be forced to lower interest rates. The idea is that the macro environment can destroy wealth temporarily through rising interest rates, and we keep hearing that there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines waiting for opportunity. I actually believe that to be true. The idea that we should be happy to invest in assets that are overpriced within profit margins where you just wait 20 or 25 years to break even on that investment is insanity, but yet that's what the bubble market conditions have been telling you to do for much of the past five years. Some of the best assets in the world have experienced a failure along the way. I mean, think about the Chrysler building. Once the tallest building in the world, 
the building experienced a few financial hardships in its life. The building even went into bankruptcy in the mid-1970s after Saul Goldman allowed it to fall in disrepair. Number 40 Wall Street, another 75-story tower in Manhattan, diagonally across from the Stock Exchange. That building also was vying for the tallest building honors. It too was in distress and 97% vacant before it was acquired for pennies on the dollar. The Empire State Building on 5th Avenue and 34th Street similarly had its flirtation with death a few times in its life. All three of these are good quality assets and good locations, and those who bought the assets at a steep discount were the ones who profited wildly. Now is the time for investors to play defense, to get existing assets onto a safe footing so that when the opportunities do present themselves, you're not distracted by putting out fires. You want to be able to focus largely on acquiring new assets that will propel your portfolio to the next level. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.